0: Live from the land of the Cupcake Elves, it's the DocAverse Podcast! Episode 96 Dreams of Racing to Gen Con. In this episode, we've got RPG prompts, a three box pulp problem, and commentary. And now, let's go ahead and get things started. Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Doc Cross, and I hope you've all had a good week. I have. Things have been pretty nice around here. The temperatures haven't been too high. Um, Low to mid-90s by the end of the day, so not bad. We are looking at another heat wave coming. In fact, uh, the day that this goes up will be the start of an entire week, five, maybe six days Of 100 plus degree temperatures. I think the highest one is going to be 106 come about Wednesday. So that'll be fun. Everybody here is healthy. The dogs are doing fine. Grace and I are doing all right. She had a birthday yesterday. As I record this on a Friday. And we didn't do a whole lot for her birthday. She wanted pizza and cupcakes. And by golly that's what she got. And uh, oh speaking of birthdays. In two weeks... My beloved little pup, Duke, our Basset Hound, will be one year old, and we will have had him for a couple of months now. Um, he's doing well, he's still got a few issues, a few things he needs to learn, but he's coming along well for a puppy. Now, one thing I want to do at the start of the show, as I do every single time I do these things, is to thank my patrons over on Patreon, who are wonderful wonderful and who send me money, and that's great. In fact, they are, as of this month, adding to my savings to go to Dundercon in February. So, excellent. And if anybody else wants to join, I'll give you information about that at the end of the program. So, thank you, David. Thank you, Marion. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, James. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Peter. And thank you, Avis. You all are great. I hope you enjoy the program. And for those of you who are at Gen Con, I'm glad you had a good time. Alrighty, we are on to RPG prompts, as we often do. And by the way, I hope you all got a chance to listen to, well, actually, no, only patrons will have got a chance to listen to my whole month of this year's RPG prompts. But everybody else will get a chance to listen to it. As soon as I finish this podcast and go over and make it public on the Patreon. Anyway, getting back to these three prompts. Our first one is focus. And believe me, folks, when I tell you that most GMs really, really wish players and characters would focus on what they're doing and not get distracted so often or get off on tangents or whatever it is their little minds are doing. Uh, it is a constant... Well, I don't want to say it's a problem. Uh, sometimes it's incredibly amusing to SGMs to watch players, characters flounder around trying to figure out what they're doing or to not focus on what they're doing and ignore things that we can use later to enhance the game or make their lives hell, whichever one we want to do. But... Uh, As characters in a game, in a pulp game, because we are focusing on pulp, focus could come in the form of needing to focus on flying a plane and a dogfight, driving a car, picking a lock, trying to crack a safe, mixing chemicals. There's just a big, wide variety of things that might happen in a pulp game. Uh, If it's a pulp western You've got to keep your eyes open for the bad guys who are hiding up in the rocks trying to get the drop on you. Uh, You might have to keep your eyes open for rattlesnakes, which, by the way, aren't nearly as deadly as they make them look in the movies and TV. Uh, Odds are you could get bit by a rattlesnake, ride your horse into town, get treated by the doc, and still be fine. But focus. Yeah, characters and players don't focus nearly enough. Uh, sometimes a player will say, "Yes, I'm having my character you know pay particular attention to doing this little thing, and then the very next turn he'll go, "Did I hear what was going on? did I you know i did I hear that? No, you didn't hear it because you were focusing on what you were doing, and then we say, Well, I might have heard it, no, you might god damn it, so yeah, uh characters, players, you all need to focus more the next prompt is examine and that kind of goes along with focus but not really and it's sort of the opposite problem especially in fantasy games where characters want to examine every fucking thing in the room everything now it's okay if you want to check the walls for secret doors that's a a tried and true standard thing for fantasy games at least it used to be i don't know when the last time i put a secret door in a wall was But uh, they'll examine the walls, floor, ceiling. They'll examine whatever it is they went in there to look at. They'll examine the things they've killed in a room if they killed anything. They will examine everything. If you put a tiny little rock in a corner of a room, bet your ass somebody's going to examine the hell out of it. They're going to check it for magic. They're going to try and talk to it. They're going to examine it to death. This goes beyond fantasy. They do it in pulp games. They do it in modern games they do it in outer space games characters probably because of things gms have done in the past examine the crap out of everything and that's actually kind of good because if they're examining something too much the gm can just say oh screw it yeah the rock talks to you and then you can go off and use the talking rock to do whatever i've actually done that about a million times Our final RPG prompt is Replace. And Replace, and I I have to go back to fantasy for this one because I have twice run reverse dungeons where people have to go get at least some of the shit they looted from a particular dungeon and put it back or terrible things will befall them or even the entire world. And it's always a madcap race because they've only got a certain amount of time. Usually, they have the amount of time I plan on running the game. So if I'm at a con and it's a four-hour game, they got four hours to put that shit back. If it's at home, it might be a little longer. Uh, I never make it last more than one session, though. I'll say, okay, you guys have, uh, let's see, counting bathroom breaks and chance to eat. Oh, I'll say you guys have six hours to put all the shit back. And then, of course, rare items have moved, you know, halfway across the continent and they've got to find out ways to get there and back as quick as possible Uh, Just, it's hilarious, it's great Um, but replace can also go into other realms you might be replacing somebody uh, to get somewhere you might be replacing a prince with some member of your party because nobody's seen his prince he's going off to get married, it's an arranged marriage so you slip one of your characters in it. The prince runs off because he do not want to get married. You slip your guy into it so he can get into the castle, figure out a way to let you in. You can rescue the princess who does, doesn't want to get married either. And you can take her off somewhere or you can, you know, do whatever you do. Or you can go in and replace the king's extremely expensive and big bucks crown with a fake crown or any number of things. I had a group of players once uh decide that they were going to go they're going to have their characters go into a castle and replace very expensive wine with very cheap wine with the belief that most people especially most people who have money to buy expensive wine don't really know what expensive wine tastes like this has actually been done in real life uh or somewhere years ago took very expensive bottles of wine used that wine or drank it or whatever then refilled it with stuff from california put the lid on made the seal fast again everything showed it to these rich nitwits in los angeles or wherever oh yeah this is 500 hundred dollar a bottle of wine oh yes yes we'll take it because we can afford to pay for it he pours it off. Ah, so what do you think of it? Oh, it's great. It's everything we expected. It's got this aroma, that aroma, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, 10 years later, he writes a book about it. And I don't know if you got a lawsuit or anything, but yeah, people don't know what the hell things are. So you could be replacing a very rare gem in a museum with one made of cut glass. And odds are, if you don't trigger the alarms and nobody knows you've replaced it, it'll sit there for a long time. That's also happened with paintings In art exhibits and things So yeah, replacing That's something you should have them do Or maybe let your characters Go ahead and try it And that's it for a Slightly ranty RPG prompts for this episode And we'll have three more In a couple of weeks Now we're moving on To a three box problem And this one Again is another one that kind of Writes itself as you read them off the first piece of paper said island, then we had secret society and beam weapon. Well, there you go. You got an island somewhere, you got this secret society of criminals or nuts or religious nuts or whatever, and they have developed or forced people to develop a beam weapon. And since we're talking pulp, well, they can use this ray gun to knock. Airships out of the sky, planes Sink boats, whatever they want to do If they get close enough To the land they can blast Buildings It's just a hell of a weapon that they've got So you have to get your characters Onto this island Infiltrate the secret society Or maybe just land on the island sneak in And stop this beam weapon And maybe These guys have also got Hand beam weapons That will paralyze you or blow your arm off or something so you got to deal with that then there's the part about it being on an island well where is the island is it an island way up in the northern hemisphere way up near the arctic circle or something in which case you got to deal with all the other problems plus you've got to avoid freezing to death or running into a polar bear or something is it a tropical island well there you go tropical island could have swamps probably has jungle gonna have biting insects snakes could be natives living there that don't know anything about this cult or maybe they do know about the cult and they protect them because these secret society people have presented themselves as gods is it a desert island somewhere in a way far off part of the ocean it's nothing but rocks and sand that's going to be even harder to infiltrate also you got to wonder where they're putting their secret building i don't know maybe it's underground Could be a island near civilization. What if it's one of those islands in the Hudson River in New York? And they've snuck in there and they've dug down. They've built their, you know, lair or their secret hideout or whatever. And that's where they are, right near the city. Where they can just blast the hell out of things and, you know, have ransoms and stuff like that. So, there you go, folks. It's an island. It's got a secret society connected with it. It's got a beam weapon. A lot of shit can go on there. And that's what you can send your pulp investigators to check out. And go in there and kick ass and take names. And save the world. Alright folks, we are on to commentary. And this time, I'm talking about a specific type of bird... That I have some experience with. And that I think could be used in games... And that maybe you might want to check out the next time you're looking for a pet. And those birds are parrots. I have raised parrots back in the 70s and the early 80s. I raised mostly smaller parrots, lovebirds, cockatiels, budgies, a couple different kinds of conyers. I never raised the larger parrots. I didn't have the room and I usually didn't have enough money to have breeding pairs of them. I have handled them, I have trained them, I have taught them to talk. I have boarded people's parrots at my home back then. And parrots are great birds. Parrots are incredibly intelligent. Uh, The smartest parrots, they say, are as smart as a four-year-old child, which is pretty good for a bird. Uh, We all know, of course, that parrots can mimic voices and sounds. I have known parrots that could do all sorts of interesting sounds, but never actually speak in a voice. I had one friend who had an Amazon parrot that lived in a cage in their kitchen. Now, about 10 feet from his cage was the door that led to the garage. And every morning, this lady's husband would go out that door, get in a car, start it up, open the garage door, back out, drive away. His car was a muscle car, so it was a little bit loud when he got it out on the street and gave it a little gas. And one day, they're all sitting there in the kitchen, eating dinner, and they hear the door shut. They hear the car start. They hear the garage door open. They hear the car backing out, and then they hear it drive off. And they all look. And they, you know, nobody's gone out the door. The car's in the garage. But they got up and checked anyway. And as they're coming back to the table, the whole thing starts again. What it was is that the parrot, after hearing this five days a week for a couple of months, started impersonating it. So that's just some of the talent that a parrot can have. Parrots can also be very affectionate. I've had parrots that were very, very loving. Uh, they can be the larger parrots can be very long-lived and even the smaller parrots can live a long time there is a lady who she passed away now her oldest cockatiel i believe lived to be 35 years old which is pretty damn good for a bird the size of a cockatiel i've known people with budgies you know what we call parakeets who have had them for 12 13 upwards of 15 years Parrots do come in all sizes. The very largest would be something like the black palm cockatoo or the um, various other cockatoos and macaws. The uh, Amazon parrots are sort of in the medium range. Then you get all the way down to things like the budgie, which is very small, the parrotlet, which is larger than a budgie and smaller than a lovebird, You get cockatiels, which are actually related to cockatoos, but are in a separate class. And parrots are just, you know, any color you want, you can find them in. There are a lot of mutations of things like budgies, cockatiels, lovebirds, parrotlets, even some of the Amazons, and and up to the uh, uh, various macaws, uh, various uh, mutations. I've seen blue and gold macaws that were a much more dilute color. So the blue was not nearly as bright. The yellow is not nearly as bright. They're actually kind of pastel looking. Um, in usage in games, you could have someone with an animal companion that's a parrot. Uh, that means it can talk. So they can tell it, you know, hey, go tell uh, somebody on the other side of the uh, forest that we need their help. And the parrot flies over and he lands at this guy's house and he says, hey, hey. We need your help. We're over at uh, the castle getting ready to storm things and uh, we've got a bunch of orcs here and it's probably more than we can handle so come on over and help us. And then a parrot, you know, flies back. That's assuming it doesn't get eaten by a hawk or something because parrots being usually brightly colored kind of stand out. Although, if I were a hawk, I would not want to be attacking, say, a cockatoo or a macaw. They'd probably get their ass handed to them although they might well kill the cockatoo or macaw. Of course, if you're running a pirate game, you're going to have at least somebody with a pet parrot. Uh, We had one situation in a game where they met a pirate. He had a parrot. And as time went on, they were serving on his ship. They were trying to get to a particular place. And so they signed on with a pirate because they were pretty much wanted by the law in every country they could have gone to. But on the way there, and they you know stopped and they helped them, you know, rob ships and things. but on the way there, they began to notice that the guy who was a captain, when he did not have the parrot on his shoulder, seemed to be not up to the job. He didn't seem as smart, he didn't seem as knowledgeable, all of that. And eventually they found out that the reason was that the former captain of the ship who was this famous pirate that they thought they were dealing with, that guy got killed via a magical spell. But because of an amulet he had, his intelligence, his katra, his spirit, was transferred into his parrot. So the parrot on this voyage was the actual captain, and he would tell the fake captain what to do. And when they found that out, they were both amused and a little freaked out, And when the parrot found out they knew, they were in deep trouble and they had to jump overboard and swim to a small island where they eventually built a raft and they eventually got to the mainland. But yeah, the parrot was in charge. So anyway, yes, that's parrots. Uh, I think they're great animals. I would have one except my dogs would never stop barking at it and it would probably never stop yelling at the dogs. I've had them in the past. They're really wonderful birds so if you're thinking about getting a pet and you've never had a parrot i strongly suggest a budgie or a cockatiel if you have had parrots yeah you know maybe try an amazon maybe a various one of the various Conyers or some of the other small parrots anyway that is commentary for now i am parroted out and we'll have more commentary in a couple of weeks Okay, folks, this is the part of the show where I thank you for listening, and I do thank you very much. If you have any suggestions, comments, or questions, I can be reached on Facebook, where I'm Doc Cross, on WordPress at the Dociverse blog, via email at agentroscoe at gmail.com. If you are listening via Anchor, you can leave a voicemail. And if you are a patron, you can leave a message on my Patreon page, and they'll send me a text about it, and I'll get right back to you. If you'd like to support me via Patreon and hear these podcasts a couple of months before they go up on Anchor, go to www.patreon.com forward slash dot cross and sign up for as much as you want or as little as you want. For you folks who only want to make a one-time or an occasional donation, that's fine too. You can use my Ko-fi page and you'll find me there at ko F-I and you can find me there as dot cross four five nine one. If you would like to sponsor this podcast or advertise on it or just give me a big pile of money, get in touch with me by any of the methods I mentioned earlier. Our music was Seventh Floor Tango by Silent Partner, and that came off of the Free Music Archives. This podcast and everything on it except the music is copyright 2022 by Doc Cross. I will see you all next time. Live long and prosper.